Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. Number one, get your financial statements every month. Get a profit and loss statement and balance sheet. If you don't understand what they are, Read a book, go to a class, get tutored on it. It's Hi, I'm Henneke Watkins-Sporzo, your inspirational leader and host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bookophilio, Patwa Apparel, and the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now, let's go to today's episode. Today's guest is the Profitability Master, founder and CEO of Profitability Revolution Paradigm. She's also the president of Business Ventures Corporation. She has a passion for helping small businesses get and stay profitable. She began training on the internet in 1998 and began the first television-like broadcasting in 2002. Her number one best-selling book, The Courage to be Profitable, explains how to get and stay profitable in less than 30 minutes a month in English rather than accounting babble. She's also the author of two other award-winning books, The Ugly Truth About Small Business and The Ugly Truth About Managing People. It is my absolute delight to have on The Entrepreneurial You today, Ruth King. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I normally start my conversation with my guests off with a fun question. And here's your fun question today. Would you rather have many acquaintances and no friends or have only one or two close friends? One or two close friends. All right. So we are going to be concentrating our discussion today on profitability. You are the profitability master. How did it all start for you? actually started my first business, which I've always known I wanted to do since I was a kid. And so I started my first business and I'm about to do my first tax return. And I didn't know the difference between cash and accrual accounting. So I asked my neighbor who was a business owner and he told me, and then I decided I better understand what the financial side of business was. Otherwise I was going to be in a whole heap of trouble. So I went back to school, got an MBA and found out what the financial side was all about. And found out that I had a knack for explaining it to small business owners and teaching them about pricing and teaching them about how to truly be profitable and the fact that a lot of people think they're profitable and they're not. And doing the numbers and the exercises, which are really, really easy to do to make sure that you get and stay profitable. So it started about 1981, long time ago. You started on a very interesting note. A lot of persons think that they're profitable and they're not. But before we continue our discussion, let's ask, let's have your social media handles. So in the event that you say something and our community just want to tweet that out, they can do so. Twitter is at Ruth King. My LinkedIn is Ruth King one. And those are the two I use most of the time. I do. We do have a Facebook page, which is profitability revolution paradigm, but I'm not in control of that page. One of my um, great team members is so. She'll tell me if something comes off that page. Sure. So let's go back. Pro- a lot of people think that they're profitable and they're not. Explain what you mean by that. If you look at your financial statements, if they're not done accurately, then they're not. the likelihood is that you're not profitable. If you run your business on cash, then there's a good possibility that you're not. And I'll give you a story of one of my clients who is now retired. He and a partner started a business basically 
good at what they did, wanted to make a business out of it, grew their business to $2 million in size in, in about 12 years. And they did it only through cash. They had money in the bank and they could pay their bills on, and take their discounts when discounts were available and pay payroll and have a little bit left over. They were happy and everything was great. And when they stopped growing, they started having problems occasionally of not being able to, you know, how to scrounge for payroll and to scrounge to take their discounts, which they weren't taking as much. And they're going, wait a minute, with this $2 million business, what's going on here? And so they called me on the phone. And when I did the analysis, I found that they were actually losing a nickel for every dollar that they took in the door. And this has been going on for about 12 years. So can you imagine all those extra nickels for a period of 12 years, what that would have done? So we raised their prices by about 10%. And a lot of their customers said, we couldn't understand how you could be so cheap. <laughs> wow. So they were actually throwing money away through the window. Yeah. And, and you say, well, how can you do this? Well, if you don't pay attention to what your material costs are, you don't pay attention to what your labor costs are, you don't pay attention to what cost is, and you only worry about having cash in the bank, that's not the cash is not profit. Right. So when we talk uh, profit, certainly we cannot speak profit without not uh, touching on cost and as you as you alluded to and revenue. How do we get to balance that equation? And what are the things that we need to be looking out for? It's a very simple equation, your profit and loss statement, which is just simply sales, subtract out your cost of sales, which are all the expenses you have because you sold something. And that gives you your gross profit, subtract out your overhead, and that's equal to your net operating profit. All right. And then you take out your taxes and all that sort of stuff. And then it gets to the net profit on the bottom line. Where the confusion comes in a lot of times is people think that gross profits equal to net profit. And a lot of times this is actually with a lot of uh, home-based businesses and, and home selling businesses, they say, oh, your profit is this. Well, you know, if you sell you know, a lipstick or something, you know, like that. And they say, oh, your profit is whatever. Well, that's your gross profit. That's not your net profit. Because if you sell it for $2 and they take a dollar for the cost of the product, then your gross profit's a dollar. And, and then a lot of the home selling groups don't make that distinction. They just say, oh, your profit's this. Well, no, your gross profit's that. You still have to take out the cost for keeping your business open. If, you, if you're in a building and you're renting a building, you have rent and utility bills and, and the cost of the gasoline in your car to go to networking groups and, and marketing and advertising and your accounting and all that sort of stuff. So it's gross profit versus net profit. Gross profit is after the direct costs or the cost of selling something are taken out. And then net operating profit is all of your overhead expenses. Rent, utilities, light bill, counting bill, marketing, postage, whatever. What is also interesting to note is that a lot of business, businesses, they don't take the time to do a costing. In fact, they don't even know what a costing is and how to put it together. It's really not hard. All you need to do is to say, okay, I want to sell something for X. And say, okay, what are the costs for me to create that product? Now, if you're doing things that are people-oriented, like marketing plans or law or or something that is not a tangible product, it's a service, you know, janitorial services, even janitorial services have supplies. But if you're doing something that is a pure service, you still have the cost of labor to produce that service. And I find a lot of people think, oh, I only will put in my cost in there, you know, 25 or $50 an hour. And, and wait a minute, you know, are you worth more than that or not? And you have to decide what you're worth and what your employees, if your employees are being paid, and how soon they can get the projects done. And you've got to take a look at what your labor actually is costing you. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a, 
a former client who is a an IT guy and he loves IT. He'd go and he'd have a problem with a client and say, okay, it's going to cost $250 to actually fix this problem. And he'd work on it all night long for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to figure it out. When we actually calculated what he was earning, he was earning like 97 cents an hour. He was giving away his labor pretty much. Exactly right. He was giving away his labor. And he looked at me and he said, I could make more in a fast food restaurant. I said, you're right. That changed his entire perspective. How long did you spend doing, you know, customer X's project for real, not what you charge customer X. And that's what your true cost is. What's one of the biggest cost driver in a business that you've seen based on your experience? It's labor, people. That is the biggest thing. If you can manage people well, you have a better shot at having a profitable business. And it doesn't matter whether it's product-oriented or service-oriented because you still need people to produce the products. And if it's a service-oriented business, the people are your product. And what's one of the, the main reasons you would, you would say that businesses fail to make profits? They don't understand what their cost is. That's the bottom line. So how can they get a better understanding? You know, just um, what do they need to be doing? What are the considerations they need to be making to, to grasp this thing that seems to, at some point, elude them? Number one, financials are not hard. Profit loss statement is not hard. Accounting was was developed somewhere around the 1300s by the Venetian monks who had to keep track of the rich Italians' money. There was no QuickBooks back then. There were no calculators back then. The Chinese had abacuses, but they weren't talking to the Italian, Italians. They had to make it easy. So the first thing you got to get in your head is that financials are easy. Now you're going to think I'm crazy, but all they are is addition and subtraction, and we have a calculator now. They didn't have those. You just have to learn a few terms and it's just like, you know, whatever you're doing and whatever products you're producing has a special vocabulary. And I, and I was having this conversation with an engineer yesterday who says, I just don't get financials. And I said to him, Mark, you're an engineer. Doing differential equations is harder than doing accounting. And he kind of got it at that point. If you make it hard, it will be hard. But it really and truly is very easy to understand. You know, the ugly truth about small business, good, courage to be profitable, which is the third book which actually explains all the stuff. The reason I wrote it is because people are thinking that accounting is hard. They're thinking that you can't do it. Well, it's actually, it's very easy. And once you get in your head, it's easy. And you start doing a little bit of it and you realize it's just subtraction, then you got it. The thing that you have to be careful about is that you include all of your cost. Not only the cost for manufacturing that widget, widget or people you know, providing a specific service, but you also have other costs that are associated with your business. They're the costs of basically, you know, taking care of marketing, taking care of business cards, taking care of printing, taking care of shipping, taking care of the accountant who does your taxes at the end of the year and people who might be answering the phone for you. You know, all these people come to you and it's, they're all costs associated with your business and you've got to make sure you're profitable after paying all of that. Ruth, we're going to take a break right here to thank my sponsor. And then when we come back, I'm going to be talking with you about profit decline. And, you know, why would a, a business that was once profitable start to see a decline in profit? Let's take a break and then we come right back. Peak performers. Success is something that we gradually work towards as an end goal. But we need to be in the right environment to make it happen. Book Affilio is dedicated to providing a space for book, coffee and tea lovers, creatives, educators, students and professionals who want ideas, innovation and 
inspiration. They have a variety of high-quality books, a cafe, events such as book launches, signings and art exhibitions, and professional services uniquely tailored to your needs, culture and tastes. Their environment provides for the full literary arts experience, allowing for multifaceted creative expressions. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bookophilia. Do you want to see the world filled with better leaders? Filling the world with leaders worth following starts with you, and you can be that leader in your company, organization, or community. On May 4, 2018, join more than 100,000 leaders from around the globe at the world's largest leadership event, LeaderCast Live. Broadcast live from Atlanta to a community near you, LeaderCast Live will allow you to learn from leaders like Andy Stanley, Michael Hyatt, and Dr. Jim Lur. For more information on this can't miss event, visit hennikawatkisporter.com and click on Leadercast Kingston and invest in the future of your career, your organization, your community and your world. Welcome back. And Ruth, we've been talking to just um, let our performers know if they're just joining us, that we have been talking with Ruth King of Profitability Revolution Paradigm. We're talking all things profitability. And no, we want to go into businesses that are experiencing profit decline, businesses that were once profitable. What are some of the reasons that could be happening and some precautions to guard against those? One that you might not think about that often is sometimes the owners get bored and stop paying attention. You're tired, you've grown the business to a certain point and you're looking at, okay, my cell phone's ringing. Do I, would I rather take a call from a client or whether I take a call from an employee or, or neither? And if you're getting bored with the business, your business will decline because you're not paying attention. So that's something that most people don't think about. And they look at it and go, you know, this used to be profitable many, many years ago. But if you as the owner lose the passion for business, your business will decline simply because people follow your lead. And if you're not engaged and passionate, they're not going to be either. And your revenue and profit will suffer. The second thing that can happen is your market changes. Your customers change. They either found a replacement for what your products are doing. You know, think about how many times we use a map anymore. I mean, everything's online. We, we have our, our directions with, with Google Maps and stuff like that. It's all off our, our mobile phones. I mean, I can't remember the last time I opened a map to try and follow a map to go somewhere. <laughs> and so, I mean, think about it. When was the last time we used a map? It, we just don't. And as a result, the people who produced maps actually had to reinvent themselves. Had they not, they're going to be out of business. And think about Yellow Pages and what they did in the United States. They had to reinvent themselves because people aren't using Yellow Pages anymore, except in very small rural communities. I mean, most of the world has gone on the internet. And so the internet has changed a lot of things for people and it will continue to change. And as long as you keep abreast of the changes, then you're doing okay. A lot of times markets will change and people are looking to find something new and they're not they're replacing what they're doing with something else. Like, you know, cell phones now have become more and more and more, you know, part of our daily lives where we're hooked to them. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, not many people had cell phones. Well, maybe 30 now, but 20 at least. And so that has changed the way we do things. So if you, if your business doesn't keep up with the changes, you're going to be left behind. Think about the guys who did the buggy whips. I mean, we're talking like a hundred years or so ago, but that's still making the point there. There's a lot of people who, did vacuum tubes and, and, and radios and, and things like that, and they're all gone, or, or else they 
reinvented themselves. I mean, General Electric has done a really good job of reinventing itself because the light bulb is still a light bulb, but look at what they've done to the light bulb lately. So your business can fail. Either you lose passion for it, the market changes, or your your cost of materials and your cost of producing the products changes and you don't change your pricing. I have read in your bio that you helped a client who started with the negative $400,000 net worth 15 years ago, and you've managed to help him. He's still in business today, being profitable with a positive net worth. Tell us about that story. Well, he didn't get to the negative $400,000 overnight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right, for sure. So, I mean, it got to the point where he absolutely had to do something and... So I ended up going in there and we basically did bankruptcy without doing bankruptcy. We didn't file bankruptcy, but what we ended up doing was he had a, he had a good, solid business that could be solid if they paid attention to it. So what that meant was we put together a, a plan and went to all of his, his vendors and said, look, we're going to pay you back. Here's the plan. And, and we kept to the plan and we, we did budgets and we did marketing plans. And we, I mean, we literally put together, this is what we're going to do every day. This is how much revenue we expect. This is how much you're getting paid every day. And all of his vendors pretty much bought in because they knew they would have gotten less out of bankruptcy court than they got out of that. It took us two years for him to get out of it and never stopped planning ever since. It was tough two years. It was stressful. I mean, obviously it was more stressful for him than it was for me. But it was pretty stressful trying to negotiate with everybody and making sure we put a plan together that actually worked, which it did. So you're actually saying that there can be a light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't matter how dark your your accounting situation, your financial situation may seem right now, because persons may be listening, you know, worrying business and maybe struggling. And even at this point, thinking that, you know what, I need to cut my losses and just run and just leave this thing. Just give right up. Don't bother. Um, but you're saying there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. I don't believe in, in giving up. It's, that's, not, that's not a word in my vocabulary. It never has been. So we figure out what's going on. You know, when we started Profitability Revolution, um, it took us two years to figure out how to make it work. And you know, we kept trying stuff and trying stuff and trying stuff. And we finally figured out the process to make it work. And now we have the model that works and we're going for it. So it might take you two years. It might take you three years. It's, it's really important to have people around you that understand what you're going through, not your mother, your friends, and people like that who love you a lot, but they have no clue what it's like to be in business. Find people around you who have been in business, who've been where you are, um, and who can say, okay, well, try this, try this, try this. And, and one of those try this might actually work. Implicit in your argument right now is that your team is important in your success and your financial success. Absolutely. I mean, doing it alone is impossible. You know, we're we're heading to a close. And what we're going to be asking of you now, Ruth, because you've been sharing some great insights with us. And to kind of just bring it home, to summarize it a bit, just give us some tips to ensure profitability. So just some of the things that may be very obvious, but we may be overlooking, you know, business owners might be overlooking. Just guide us through some of the tips that we can just apply to achieve the success that we want financially? Number one, get your financial statements every month. Get a profit and loss statement and balance sheet. If you don't understand what they are, read a book, go to a class, get tutored on it. It's 
easy to do. It is not hard. It's addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and you've got a calculator. Your financial statements are your scorecard. They get you started and you can spot minor issues, make great business decisions as a result of them. And, and that's number one. Number two, understand your costs, your true cost, not just your cost of producing the products and services, but your overhead costs of the things that you have to spend just to stay in business, whether you produce one dime of you know, revenue or not. Number three is get a team around you. And you know, if you're a sole proprietor, find people who can be on an advisory board that are people who are like-minded, i.e. they understand business, have been there. Obviously, you're not going to ask your biggest competitor to be on your board, but you know, maybe a banker has um, some recommendations or maybe if you have an accountant that you trust, ask for recommendations, things along those lines. But find people. I'm sure you've networked with them over the years and met people. Um, see whether they'd be willing to allow you to be, you know, a sounding board for them. And those would be the three things that I would do. You have been amazing. And I'm sure our peak performance community wants to stay in touch with you. So we're going to ask you at this point to share your contact details where we may find you. Several places. I'll give you my email address. It's rking, R-K-I-N-G, at profitabilityrevolution.com. My Twitter is at Ruth King. LinkedIn is Ruth King one and those are the best places to get a hold of me. If you if you have a quick question or something along those lines, feel free. I do respond to emails and I do respond to Twitter and LinkedIn. And Ruth, we want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much for coming on The Entrepreneurial You, sharing your insights on how to be more profitable. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's the bottom line of any business. You know, you want to ensure that you are, you are making profits. You are able, even if you're a social entrepreneur, you want to be able to contribute in a very positive way to those you are trying to assist. So thank you so much, Ruth. My pleasure. I hope I helped. Yes. And now a word from our amazing sponsors. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. What do you know? We have come to the end of another great episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I trust that you learned something and that something resonated with you so that you can share with others. And speaking of sharing, I'd so love for you to leave a comment on the show notes page of each episode well we're talking about this one in particular leave a comment at the end of the page so that when you go the topic you click down and at the end there is an option there for you to comment if you're accessing through itunes and by all means i'd love for you to leave a rate and review that will keep us as a top rated podcast it means a lot to me for you to help me out in this way 
right? I know you are listening from all over the world. And I so appreciate it from Japan to Germany to India to Pakistan, everywhere in the Caribbean, in the United States, in Jamaica in particular. Big up my Jamaican peeps. Big up those, of course, in Ohio and all those other states that persons are listening in from, that you are listening in from. I so truly appreciate you. Now, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can actually send me an email, you know, send it to hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com. I am truly looking forward to connecting with you. If you want to send me a voicemail too, you can do that through my website. Just go to the middle at the right of the screen. There is an option for voicemail when you go to hennikawatkisporter.com. I do want to hear from you. Remember, you were born to win. But to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win and expect to win. Walk good.